Here they come! Hello, and welcome to episode 89 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average, or duff. Duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Matt from Neozaz Productions to discuss the opening of the cylinder in Pendragon Pictures' first version of War of the Worlds. Why are we talking? have a deal for you hello matt hello hello right here we go here we go here we go uh the last time <laughs> you and i um spoke war of the worlds it was the george powell version of war of the worlds wasn't it yes i guess it was yeah it was the it was the crater scene it was the first firing of the heat ray um but that was the george powell version today we're not talking George Powell. We're not even talking um, Steven Spielberg. We are talking the Pendragon's picture version of the War of the Worlds, which is uh, a completely different beast, is it not? <laughs> yep. That's mm. a good way to say it. Mm. Now, this is going to be a, bit a strange episode because, you know, pretty much every episode we've ever done of Effectively Speaking, people who listen have either owned it or they've watched it in the cinema, or they watched it on TV when it first came out, or you can readily view it online. But this is a bit of a strange beast in that it seems to have been quite um, quickly suppressed, the original <laughs> version of this, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the history up up until what's on Amazon now is a mystery to me. So I'm going to take your I'm going to take oh. your lead and okay. take your word for it. Well, I, I, I don't. I can't imagine you have any reason to make anything up about this film. So go ahead. <laughs> I've got plenty enough to say without yep. <laughs> making any of it up. I mean, exactly. I mean, when I floated this idea about doing this subject, I mean, you're a big War of the Worlds fan. Did you know of, about this original incarnation of the Pendragon version? I knew that this existed. Again, I, I. I... Probably not the original, because by the time I – when I was starting to – I have my my like kind of niche of War of the Worlds. It's mostly audio. When I started doing War of the Worlds week two years ago, three years ago, this will be the third year, and I started looking for content, that's when I started to branch out a little bit. And that's probably the first time I saw that this existed. And again, like I said, there is a version on Amazon, but it's not – this version from what i now know so i don't think i knew about this original one until you you told me about it and now introduced me to it yeah no this original incarnation of it is is pretty rare now um back in 2005 you could buy it but now no you can't buy it unless it's second hand it's not to my knowledge, available anywhere on any streaming service because, you know, the producers of the film have supplanted it with uh, two other versions which have sat over the top. And it's almost as if they're erasing it from people's memory. They don't want <laughs> to know about this version. And I can quite see why. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame them. Yeah. I mean, every uh, review I've seen of it, every mention I've seen of it says the same thing. Number one... It's to be, you know, applauded the fact that they've tried to do the most truthful version of H.G. Wells's book to date. You know, you set it in England, you set it at the turn of the 20th century. That is fine, but then they've gone ahead and they've done the big, big mistake that you should never ever do, which is they've tried to literally translate the whole book into the film. OK, everything is in there, which which you would think, oh, that's a good thing. But there are reasons why things are trimmed out. And that's a factor. Another factor is, to my mind, there don't seem to be any actors in this film. Um, it's very early, very cheap CGI. It's not filmed in England. It's filmed in Seattle. 
Um, <laughs> is it really? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, it's just oh, outside amazing. Seattle. Yeah, so it's like a a a, a low budget film production of War of the Worlds that has got far too ambitious an idea. You can't set it in like 1905 England, you know, with that amount of money and with that very crude rudimentary CGI. You just can't. So right. <laughs> this is and you know being a person who lives in England and you're watching that and you're thinking right this is a you know turn of the century England no it's not you know <laughs> how <laughs> houses didn't look like that houses didn't have conservatories big ben doesn't stand by itself in the middle of london nowhere near the the the, the houses of parliament you know and it's i i don't like to you know you know you know um just criticize a film but this is what you can call a train wreck of a film yeah yeah the big the big thing about this is it's like ah it's the fact that they made this and tried to sell it is where it gets to another point of critical viewing if this were a fan film Mm. this were a fan film i would have a completely different opinion of it Mm. but the fact that you had to pay to see it yeah then you want some kind of return on your investment. So it's that it's that line crossing in a sense that kind of makes it fall apart for me. Again, if this was a labor of love and people put it online and you know maybe sold T-shirts or knickknacks or or gave the ability to buy it on top of viewing it online, that's a different story. Mm. But that's not what it is. So it puts it in a different category. And unfortunately. I'm a lot more critical about what I see when it when it hits that kind of mark. You're absolutely right because this is meant to be professional filmmakers, but you know, again, the reviews, any mention I see of this is the amount of walking there is in this film. I was and- I was gonna say when you said this is a this is a direct every scene from the story, I'm like, not every scene, it's every word and every step. Yeah. If 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 uh, H.G. Wells said he walked a mile to this, we saw we this saw guy that walk a mile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no editing at all. It, nope. it It's it's what three and a half hours long, and yep. a, a, and a good hour of that is just walking and walking and walking. And yeah, you know, there's um, there's filmmaking 101, and one of the big rules is you know if somebody moves left to right in the next scene they continue in left to right they don't then go right to left that was something that was learned in like you know the early days of filmmaking you can't have an actor go left to right and in the next scene go right to left and that happens all the time in this and it yeah. drives me up the wall this we were saying just before we started recording you know there are some films that are bad but you get enjoyment out of it but i don't get enjoyment out of this i get annoyance out of this yeah yeah that's a good <laughs> word for it i i watched this see, i guess i'm i'm was a little better off in my first viewing because i i watched this knowing i was going to talk to you about this and i was making mental notes i'm like oh i can't wait to see what he says about this and that so it actually was a little more enjoyable from that perspective but if you just handed this to me and we weren't doing any kind of podcasting together if you just handed it to me as a fellow war of the worlds fan and i just watched it because i had it, it i would not have had any fun watching this it is a curiosity if you're a war of the worlds fan it is a curiosity to see a a version that is set in the same place and at the same time but it's made by people who don't have much of a clue um and We'll talk about this in a minute, but it seems to me that they went out and they made this film in this way, and they put it together, okay, and Mm -hmm. that was the final version. But we'll talk about this in a minute, but it seems to me that after the fact, second thoughts started coming in. And, (laughs) yeah, I mean, usually on this show... um, we we start off t- talking about our background to the subject matter. Then we have a clip. Then we discuss the sequence, and then we go into behind the scenes. But I think, and then a rating. But I think today, I think it might be important to actually do the behind the scenes first, so we all know where this is all coming from. Okay. I'm just worried about you playing a clip. I mean, any clip you play has got to be at least seven minutes from this thing if you want the whole scene in it. I tell you what, it's been incredibly difficult to find a (laughs) clip because it really does look like this first version has been suppressed by the makers of the film, like they're embarrassed by it. And I can totally see why. 
okay? But we'll talk about that in behind the scenes, okay? Okay. All right? So, yeah, I thought we would have behind the scenes front, uh, behind the scenes up front uh, to explain to folk just what we're talking about, okay? Because this is the scarcest of subjects we've ever uh, encountered. And it's... Uh, apologies to anyone out there who, God forbid, after the end of this, actually wants to watch what we're talking about. It's very hard to actually find this. I mean, for Matt to see this, I mean, I bought this from the States in 2005, um, and I've ha actually had to physically post my copy to Matt so Matt yep. could see it. Haven't I, Matt? Yep, yep. And, yep, it is and I so, didn't need to get that back to you because I certainly don't want to keep it. I don't. <laughs> I was going to say I don't want it back. Um, oh. <laughs> but even, even Matt, you know, being a massive War of the Worlds fan, how far have you got into it, Matt? Maybe halfway, but I don't think that's right. At least, at least the better part of a third. A third. See, and yep. you would think being a War of the Worlds fan, oh, you would lap that up and you would watch it in one sitting. Yep. Maybe watch it two or three times. Um, I've watched it the once, and um, I don't think I ever want to watch it again. <laughs> you know? It's it, and it's 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 all with the um, and we'll, we'll we'll talk more about it. But we have talked about it in the opening. It's these long stretches of nothing. I mean, the music. If I'm gonna give it a positive, it's got a. I don't know who did the music. It's fantastic, but there's a lot of it because there's a lot of people just walking. Yeah. There's sometimes just running, and I, my ears perk up, but then. <laughs> then it's back to walking. But a lot of the time, and, when the walking is, it's not convincing. I mean, I don't know how many of the people were professional actors. I, I've got a feeling they're not. I've got a feeling. I mean, it was filmed just outside Seattle, and I've got a feeling. You know, this is the local Amdram Society that were roped in to do it. Mm. You know. Yes. Yeah. Because when you can't even walk convincingly, I mean, the the, the main character. I mean, the book is called, you know, the narrator. But in in this version, he's called the writer. I don't think that guy's a professional actor. I really don't. Some of his reactions to what we're going to be talking about, I mean, you know, it is, it's mystery science theater times a thousand. It really is. Yeah, it's, his reactions, it's, it's, it's hard to, re obviously, I mean, that's, a, that's what's also kind of, not painful to watch, but, but it stands out. The CGI, like you had said, stands out. So it's already hard enough for actors professional or otherwise to react to nothing but he's if he's an amateur actor or maybe not to the degree of someone that we see in hollywood every month reacting to nothing and we're talking really nothing is can't be easy so it's like that ramped up yeah i suppose um, we've got to give that to him i suppose yeah we have. yeah all right all right well behind the scenes then let's go into behind the scenes um there's as i say there's all sorts of claims and counterclaims to the film's history okay and depending where you look there are all so i mean i've seen versions of, of this story where originally charlie's theron was meant to be involved and i'm thinking no way not with that amount of money no 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 charlie's theron in it no um <laughs> yeah but apparently the film's first development goes back to 2000 okay and that's when Pendragon Pictures, they approached Paramount, okay, uh, with the idea about doing another version, but nothing much mm -hmm. came of it, okay. And this is all being led by a guy by the name of Timothy Hines, who became the eventual director, okay. And his first idea was what we finally got on screen, you know, uh, set it in Wells's time. Um, but when he come up with a second draft, he's moved that now to modern times and set it in Seattle, Okay, because that's where they were going to be filming it. And um, the script originally had an idea where the Martians, before they landed, they set off a EMP to just cut out all electricity. So that would actually take, you know, mankind back to, you, you know, virtually the dawn of the 20th century. And that's quite mm. a nifty idea, you know, because anything electronic now won't work. And we are talking about a, a war of the worlds that is... Hang on, Matt. I've got to wait. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, yeah, no, that, that, that's not a bad idea because it levels the, the playing fields, doesn't it? And it t does take it back to a pre-electricity, you know, technology era. So that's not a bad idea, mm. you know. Um, and what he wanted to do then was, you know, the story would unfold pretty much the same as the novel. Okay. Um, finally, he got back in. And again, there's lots of question marks 
all through the uh, backstory to this uh, film, and one of them includes funding. I mean, I've seen figures like 40 million was uh, given to this production. I don't think so. Yeah, I I really don't think so. Yeah, there's also mention that um, the filming techniques they were using for the CGI was the same um, CGI that George Lucas was looking uh, using on Attack of the Clones. Again, I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe for the previs. I would say maybe for the um, for the special edition of New Hope, because there's some there's some groaners in that. That, That's but not definitely not by the time we got to Attack of the Clones. Uh, No, absolutely not. Um, Production began in early September 2001. Okay, and. and with plans to move, you know, everything through, and it was going to come out at Halloween 2002, okay? But next question mark, apparently that was postponed because um, of the 9-11 attacks, okay? Oh, okay. They decided to stop that idea. Um, they were going to postpone it, and they were going to rethink the modern setting because of the 9-11 attacks, okay? And that was when the decision was made to put it back to England, and the early 20th century, okay? Then it all went quiet, okay? And it all went quiet until 2004, okay? When it all of a sudden uh-huh. it was announced that principal photography uh, was finished and it had been filmed under the cover, cover title of The Great Boer War, okay? Um, and they also announced that the first trailer, because this is when it was going to come out theatrically, okay? Uh, yeah, we finished filming it, uh, this is in 2004. Um, the first trailer was meant to come out in December 2004. December 2004 came and went. No sign of the trailer. When people asked Pendragon, well, where's... Don't they know I'm podcasting? Exactly. This is art. God damn it. Important work going on here. Yeah, where was I? Yeah, when they asked Pendragon, well, where's the trailer then? Where's the trailer? Uh, the next excuse was... Um, uh, we didn't put it out because of the tsunami. You know, remember the tsunami in December wow. 2004? Yeah. They yeah. Blamed, yeah. They blamed the lack of the trailer on that, that time. So first time... Well, the people were afraid the impact of the cylinder was going to be somehow conjure memories of the tsunami? I've seen mentioned that, <laughs> you know, it was put back because of that, and also they had to cut out scenes of flooding. I, it's a long time oh. since I've watched this DVD, and you haven't watched it till the end. There's no flooding in that. What are they yeah, talking about? I don't, and I don't know any story element that would be translated to flooding visually. There's no flooding. I mean, if it if it is literal to the book, the only water set things that you've got, you've got a bit in the river where um, you know the tripod's there, and it turns the heat ray on the water, and the narrator has to get out quick because everyone's being boiled to death. And the mm-hmm. next water bit is the Thunderchild segment in the estuary of the River Thames, but there's no colossal waves or anything like right. that. So no, I'm, I'm I'm calling bollocks on that one. Okay, <laughs> right. So then they said uh, the film's going to come out on March 30th, 2005. Right, but that date came and went with no release in the cinemas whatsoever, and uh, eventually. So, so wait, they, they finally had an excuse. That's the same year Steven Spielberg's came out. Right, that's the next Why excuse. That... No, oh, no, oh, no, I'm no, sorry, that's I didn't the mean to jump ahead. I thought, yeah. I thought they just went with no explanation. I was like, wait, they finally had a chance for a perfect excuse. No, no, no. <laughs> excuse number three was it, it was released, okay, in March 2005, but only on DVD, and the excuse then was we can't compete with Steven Spielberg's version. Right. Okay? Gotcha. Now, again, excuses say they feared it couldn't compete with Spielberg's version or that they were being bullied by Paramount. Okay. You know? Uh, again, I... Mm. So it came out on DVD, and that's that's at the point when I when I bought it, okay? And I can remember ordering it, even though it's like 13 years ago now. I, I ordered it straight from... Uh, Pendragon Pictures itself, mm, okay. all right, okay, and yeah, I had to have it shipped from the States, and it came over, and it took me about, what, three weeks to watch it, because you just can't watch it in <laughs> one go, it's impossible, I defy anybody to watch, sit down and watch three and a half hours of this in one go, okay, yeah, Um. so, right, so that's it, it is out, it's in the home market, okay, all right, and, okay, okay, now, 
later on, <laughs> it was withdrawn. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning, because shortly after that, um, it was withdrawn from sale, okay? I, I'm, I'm guessing once it got the critical drubbing that it did off of everybody, okay? And there were two excuses which came out, okay? Uh, the first one was that it should never have been released, okay? <laughs> Timothy Hines said uh, that should never have come out like that. That was a work print, okay? And I never wanted it to come out that long. That was just a rough work print. To which I say, well, how come it's got all the sound effects on it and the music on it? Usually a work yeah. print is very <laughs> rudimentary, isn't it? Yeah, I was actually, for a second there, I was like, oh, okay, it's starting to make sense, but you pointed that out, and I was like, hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't believe that for one minute, because shortly after that, uh, this Timothy Hines said, um, I wanted to make War of the Worlds, but what I made was something like an Ed Wood movie. I've (laughs) learned, yeah. I've learned a lot since my first outing. My heart is really in the new War of the Worlds, the true story, Okay. Ah, okay, which okay. I've seen, yeah. Yeah. Now, what he's talking about is one of three new redone versions of this original film. So it looks like Pendragon withdrew it, they suppressed it. Whatever reason you want to believe why they did that, they did that, okay? Um, so, yeah, the, the, the second incarnation of it is called H.G. Wells's The War of the Worlds Director's Cut, okay? Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. Now, remember, it came out on DVD in March of 2005, right? This new DVD Mm -hmm. came out in September 2005. So only a few months later, okay, six months later, a new version came out. I'm guessing that was the six-month window where you could actually buy the original one. So I think I'm quite lucky that I actually managed to buy that, okay? Because this new director's cut came out in September, okay? All the reviews had said, apart from, you know, all the walking and everything else that we've been talking about, uh, reviewers had complained about the original, you know, three and a half hours running time. So this new one was cut by 45 minutes, okay? They actually cut 45 minutes out. I reckon that's most of the walking. I would hope so. I'm actually surprised it only adds up to 45 minutes. (laughs) Now, the reason you don't know about it was it wasn't released in Region 1. Okay, that was only available in regions two and four, which is really? yeah, which is basically Europe and um, yeah. you know uh, Asia and Australia, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, that came out what six months after uh, the the first one, and then in t- December twenty fifth two thousand and six, so just over a year later, we had the classic War of the Worlds. Okay. Now, this has been told, uh, said to be the special final cut of the original one. And uh, it's two hours and five minutes long, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, which is roughly 55 minutes shorter than the original. Um, they added scenes, they did re-edits, and they redid the special effects. Because that's something we haven't really spoken about yet, but we will when we talk about our sequence, is just what everything looks like on a special effects uh, side of things okay 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 and uh, yeah when that came out that's when Timothy Hines said that this is the definitive version and that the first version was a work print and it was a rough cut and it should never have been released okay <laughs> all right so again can't argue with that logic no so that's or, that. well, actually actually I, would, I should say I can't argue with that conclusion yeah fast forward six years now to 2012 Okay, where we've got War of the Worlds, the true story. And I think this is the one, if anybody knows roughly what we're talking about, this is the version that they've seen. Because this is a version that's been, it's kind of like being reimagined, it's been re-edited, and it's rethought with new material. And it's been redone as a sort of like a found footage documentary yeah, sort of thing, isn't it? I was just going to ask if that's the one. So, yep, I've seen this. This yep. is This is a... On not only on Amazon but Prime, so didn't cost anything to watch it. I have seen this. Yeah, and so when you think this is the fourth incarnation of the film now, and yeah, they've completely retooled it, they've rejigged it, and they've turned it around, and they're trying to base it on the approach that Orson Welles, Orson Welles did with his radio version, in that it's a true account of actual events. Okay, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Timothy Hines went on the publicity circuit and he said, oh, this is what I wanted to do all along, which I don't believe for one minute. For one minute. You know? <laughs> um, so it, Yeah, because there's no... Absolutely no elements to the the major additions to that in this. It's it's. I mean, if it's I don't I don't know if he's using the excuse because the it's not in the source material and he got locked into that. But there's like there's not even a nod to this, so I don't I don't buy that either. I I, I don't buy it whatsoever. If if his original intention right at the very beginning was this is like you know a documentary, 1904 1905 when the book is set. You didn't have newsreel footage, or if you did, it was <laughs> right, incredibly yeah. rudimentary. You didn't go out on location and fill the, film a crash cylinder. You certainly didn't do anything like that. So it is another excuse, I think. It is another, you, you know, just resetting of everything. Um, which, yeah, I don't believe for one second. But this Timothy Hines guy, the people behind this, I've got to admire in everything that they do, in that that. The, the, the tenacity of flogging this dead horse, you know, they, yeah. they keep going back. I sent you a link not too long ago where there's actually going to be a photo novel based <laughs> on this. You know, they've got this yep. property and they are just, you know, bleeding it dry. And even though, you know, the blood's not very good quality, they are still bleeding it dry, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, So maybe I don't know. I mean, this new thing with the photo novel and everything like this. I mean, I'm sure they've got uh, wind of the fact that the BBC are doing this, um, you know, set in contemporary times version that's out at Christmas, and it's like, oh, maybe we might be able to, you know, cash in on this. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, four versions of you know this thing that they made. And that maybe there's going to be a fifth. You never know. They might come back and do a fifth and a sixth and a seventh. Maybe it will never go away. Maybe this is going to haunt War of the Worlds fans forever. <laughs> haunt is a good word. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that's the backstory out of the way. Shall we get into this? And, and we're going to have a clip. As I say, it's very hard to find a clip, but I finally did manage to find a clip. So we'll have a clip and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Mars is in its last stage of exhaustion. For countless centuries, Mars has been the star of war. A colossal puff of flame suddenly squirted out of the planet, moving with an enormous velocity towards this Earth. When this first came out, you know, me being a War of the Worlds fan, you know, it's like, oh, my God, they're actually going to do a, a, a truthful adaptation. And one of the appeals I think I've mentioned to you before is of War of the Worlds is not only is it a fantastic book, but I don't live too far away from where it all kicked off. You know, Woking is only right. about an hour and a half away. And, you know, so the landscape that I live in is the landscape of War of the Worlds. And when you watch it, you know, and I'm watching it, and it's like, this doesn't look like England, you know, <laughs> in the slightest. If anything, you know, it it was like I was watching an episode of the Waltons or something like oh, that. Geez. You know, the, yeah, the, the 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 horse and buggies and all these things. It's like, uh, good grief. You know? So that was my first disappointment when I first started watching this. But the other thing is, I mean, I love this is my favorite part of the book. And the George Powell uh, version of the film, and you can also say, I guess, the uh, the Tom Cruise Spielberg version. It's it's the first appearance of the Martians. It's my favourite mm-hmm. um, part in all of this. So this was the bit that I was looking forward to, and I chose this for us to talk about today because this represents, I think, you know, just the uh... appeals, not the word. The uh, <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? This represents this <laughs> version of the thing. This sequence represents this version of this adaptation because it is just so, so... I'm trying to be kind here, Matt. I don't, uh-huh. want, I don't want to be negative, but it's crap. It is just so bad. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 I. Well, I was just—I was actually trying to struggle to find the words you were looking for, but I don't think there really are any. I know. It's, that... Yeah, it's—it's. It's, uh, I uh, <laughs> don't like to. Uh, yeah, I, was I'm gonna say, I, I know what you're trying to say because I'm trying to say it as well. I mean, right. I enjoy bad films. I can watch bad films. I'm a big mystery science theater theater three thousand fan, and yeah, they you get enjoyment from watching a bad film but when it's so bad you're just your jaw is on the floor there's yeah. not much enjoyment made from it is there no no and it's like it's and i don't i don't necessarily want to be hypercritical of people's effort because people work to put this together yeah. but i mean it's uh yeah <laughs> I think you're very much, right. What were you were saying earlier? That. If if the, if this was a fan film, I mm -hmm. can I I, I I would give it more time. I, Absolutely. I, yeah, yep. yeah. If it was a fan film, but this, from all accounts, initially was going to be theatrically released. Okay? I can't even imagine any studio looking at this and wanting to put this up on the screen. Timothy Hines in that quote that I said just there was like, oh, I've made an Ed Wood film. And this is the sort of thing that Ed Wood would do. He wouldn't allow lack of budget, lack of talent, lack of yep. uh, anything to get in his way of making a film. And this is a classic. This sequence we're just about to talk about, that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? It is. It's actually, if, if Ed Wood was alive in the age of digital effects, this is what this is what he, he would, would be put doing. out. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. In fact, I have, I was paging through different pictures and for some reason i stopped on the martian as it first comes out and i can picture bella lugosi standing in front of yeah. this acting like he was being entwined by this in an ed wood movie very well put well done Matt. All right. <laughs> so th this sequence um we're starting where the crowd they've gathered at the crash cylinder at the sand pits on horsel common um now in this uh version we've got some people on horseback so they had some money to hire some horses or get some horses in i guess um what's bizarre absolutely bizarre about this movie up to this point is that you're right there are real horses on film mm. but then there's some shots where there's clearly like this shot is of the kind of the abdomen up of someone riding a horse so that you don't have to see the horse <laughs> and it's like superimposed on some footage of a shot out of a window of a car or something it's so weird to have Horses, but then fake fake horses. The idea of faking <laughs> riding a horse. It's like oh, and they cut. They kind of they're they're kind of back to back in some scenes too, which is really. We're annoying. going off on a slight tangent here, but in the third of the film of you that you've watched, have you actually seen the cows yet? No, because they're not sticking out in my memory, so it must be something pretty amazing. There, there, there are CGI cows later on, and, you know, <laughs> it's it, it's not enough your jaw's on the floor. It's like your upper jaw then joins it on the floor, and then your whole face falls on the floor. It's just, it's the, what? <laughs> it's just so bad. So bad. That's amazing. Yeah, watch out for the cows if you should ever dare to watch the rest of it. Oh, Matt. I'll finish this. I have to. You should do it. You to, should do yeah. it by Halloween. You should make that as a yeah. challenge, you know, to get through it. It's like a marathon. It's it's a bad idea now that I'm into it, but i got to finish it. Oh, man, this film is like sadomasochism. This is what yeah. a sadomasochist <laughs> would put on. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got these people on horseback, and they're riding what's meant to be the rim of the crater, but it's some sort of cliff. That they film yeah. somewhere. It don't look anything like the rim of a crater. Um, and you've got this guy, the writer, who you know in the book tells the story. Uh, a guy by the name of Anthony Piana, um, and he's there, you know, mugging at the camera with a very, very fake moustache. When the moustache <laughs> isn't isn't believable, it's terrible. You know what his mustache? His mustache in every scene that him and Ogilvy or him and his wife are in remind me of. I don't know if you have the show in England. If you don't, you have to look on YouTube for a clip, and it'll take you one minute to realize what I'm saying. Have you ever seen the show Drunk History? Nope, never heard of it. It's it's a set of comedians over here in America, and what they do is like you'll, they'll get one comedian that is that is really knowledgeable on a piece of history, get them drunk, and then have them explain this piece of history. Well, that sounds then really get, good. Then you get this other set of comedians who act out what they're saying, and it's like it's an it's an almost no. It started off as a web series, and now Comedy Central has picked it up. But 
it was so no budget that all of their costumes and of course usually when it's historic there's beards or mustaches on the men they all look like every scene that this guy is in every one of those drunk history things i've got to check this out yeah, yeah. i've never heard of it oh yeah all right then I'll, I'll 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 look for that that sounds far more entertaining than this film <laughs> it is too that that is that is true too yes oh good lord um We've also got very basic CGI of the cylinder, cylinder's hatch unscrewing. Um, and I guess the kindest thing I can say about that is the sound effect's pretty good as it as it unscrews. Mm-hmm. Um, um, next, we've got a man unconvincingly falls into the pit. Uh, that's straight from the book. There is a guy who does fall into the pit. And then the hatch falls off. And that's, you know... That's the thunk of my jaw hitting the floor because, dear, oh dear, oh dear, it's like a 2D object just sliding across the screen. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It's almost like the, the they spent a lot of time figuring out the animation of how they're going to make that kind the seal kind of break and pop open and start screwing off and then went, oh, uh, I'm not sure how to make this fall. You know, it's like it's like crap. I kind of CGI'd myself into a corner. It sort of like drifts away, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But a green light starts from inside the open cylinder, and then the te- tentacles start to come out. Now that's okay. The tentacles come in about out, and the way they're flailing around, yeah, that's not too bad. I haven't got a problem with that. But then out comes the Martian. Yeah. Now. Ugh what to say about this This is just uh now this is where this level of cgi and the cylinder to some extent too this is where i would buy timothy hines um ex or uh, yeah excuse or explanation that this was a rough print because these look rough they look like like non-final rendered things but it's previs you, isn't it it's yeah. like when, when you see a previs on a making of documentary on, yeah. on a blu-ray Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And that, but when you threw in the the that important bit of information that it, all the sound effects and music are completely fully yeah. done, yeah, that's where it falls apart. But yeah, yeah, this is what they look like. You're right. That's exactly what every the, the CG element in the sequence looks like. And it, pretty much every sequence. This, this, as I say, is you know the ver- first version. I mean, they rejigged it and they made them far more you know realistic looking in the second, third, and fourth version. But this first one. The basic octopus shape is there because what Wells is describing is basically a large octopus, okay? But this version, I have managed to find photos of it and I will put it on the Facebook page. You will see it's totally flat. It's like yeah, a piece it's, of paper, isn't it? It's it's almost two-dimensional, almost. Yeah, it's like a paper it, cutout yep, moving around. Yep, yep. And if that wasn't bad enough, the eyes on it uh, are just the worst thing. Uh, uh, it's awful. You've got this like paper cutout moving from side to side with these like stuck-on eyes that are blinking. And yeah, it's dreadful. <laughs> it is awful. Um, and there's a there's like a very blatant shot of its eyes. Just in case you missed how awful they were, <laughs> you get they a get close their up. own spotlight for yeah. a couple seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yep. No, dear. And you've got lots of people, you know who are looking on unconvincingly because they're not actors. <laughs> so they're just standing and staring. Right. Um, now, the next part with Ogilvy suggesting um, reasoning with them, it's very accurate. I mean, the whole chunks of what he says, that's lifted verbatim yeah. from the book. Yes. And I don't mind that. It, it's really good because I know the book so well to actually hear that dialogue up on screen. It's fantastic. But it goes along, you know, with all the rest of it. And, oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, but next up comes a very true-to-the-book uh, thing, which is the arm comes up with the wobbling mirror. That's exactly yeah. how it is in the book. I don't mind that. Even though the wobbling mirror doesn't look too convincing, the fact that they've actually gone to uh, the trouble of reproducing that, it's like, well, that's not too bad. Um and the delegation goes towards the cylinder, just like in the book, and the heat ray fires. Yes. And that's when, you know, my interest peaked up, uh, picked up a little bit for the wobbling mirror. It's like, oh, oh I recognise this. Here come the delegation. Okay, okay. But then you've just got people overacting. And as they're burnt by the heat ray, all you've got are these 
terrible flame effects superimposed over the top of them. Their clothes aren't burning at all. Nothing is. No, not even a char, a cinder, no smoke. No. Well, I mean, there is CGI smoke, but no, no fabric is the fabric isn't. It's it's and that's okay if you show them burst into flames, but again, things happen too long in this. Yeah. They burst into flames and the camera holds on them so that you can't help but notice that they're not really happened. burning. Yeah. 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 No. Yep. You're sitting there going, that is a flame superimposed over somebody who's yep. acting really badly. That's it. You don't buy it for one second. Later on, Matt, if you do um, summon up the courage to watch the rest of it, wait till you see the cows on fire. Oh, God. I was going to say, well, the cows on fire, that's, that goes along with what I was going to say. It's that They must have been really proud of their flame effects because when the cylinder first crashes and the writer – or no, when Ogilvy – makes his way down that cliff it there's like there's fires burning everywhere mm. in on rock i've never seen rock burn before <laughs> like that it's amazing but there's fire everywhere in that in this movie yeah 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 and it it doesn't convince for one second does it no no, no. and then and then if that isn't bad enough they then turn to skeletons <laughs> which has some <laughs> sort of like odd it's a, I don't. It can't be stop motion. They haven't got stop motion. You know. It's no. The, it's it's yeah. It's definitely CG. It's got that that too fluid of a movement of CGI. But the fact that's my biggest problem is that they're once they're skeletons, they're still writhing and, yes. and flaring in pain. <laughs> How are they doing that? Their muscles are completely gone. Uh, but they're still standing up and moving. Yeah. Oh, yep. it's, it, it. If this was Mars Attacks, you could. You could buy it, you know, because it's a comedy yeah. spoof. This is not. You're meant to take this seriously. Skeletons like... do not stand up and writhe in pain when all of their muscles have gone. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's And again, like too long, too long. It's like if it were to kind of fall and roll, roll. OK, gravity, my mind can make that connection. I don't need to think about it. But no, the camera holds on to them as they're. Flailing their arms, kicking their feet, trying to stand back up as full of burning skeletons. It's like now I now too much information has been shared and I can't help but right. just see every single flaw in this twenty seconds you decide to hold on the skeleton. I haven't seen it anywhere, but I can totally believe it if in film school somewhere they put this on in a class in how not to edit a yeah. film. Right, right, yeah. Oh good lord. Oh, good, good Lord. Oh, um, we've got these poor CGI buildings. They start blowing up and uh, yeah. the, 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 the writer runs away. Um, and that's where our sequence is going to end. OK, um, so we're spared, thankfully, the whole thing about, you know, him in his horse and trap in the storm, seeing the tripod for the first time. <laughs> I I, that's as far as I watched because I had to see that. in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't disappointed in terms of <laughs> what the, my expectations were at this point in the movie. Yeah, it's say. totally in keeping with what you've seen so far, yep. isn't it? Oh, yep. dear. Oh, dear. I do apologize to anyone who, God forbid, might actually want to watch what we're talking about, um, because it doesn't seem to be readily available anymore. Um, it has been suppressed. It has been withdrawn. I don't know if it's actually worth anything you know, on, <laughs> on eBay or anything, but... Uh, Hmm. Yeah. Uh, hmm. <laughs> it's no. It, it's just tosh. It's just yes. tosh. It, it really is. I can't believe. You know, all the accounts I was saying behind the scenes that you were going to have Charlize Theron and it was going to have a you know a, a, a North America theatrical release. When you see it, it's like I don't think so. I don't no, think so at no all. Way. This is something you do in your backyard with your friends. It's yeah. like it's like the things that you've made before, you know, yes. with with, yeah. with the Neosaz guys, you know, your Star yep. Wars spoof and your Die Hard spoof. It's just a bit of fun. You don't right. then start saying to people, "Oh yes, we're going to give it a, a nationwide uh, no. cinema release to you." Right? You know? Absolutely not. Oh, so so that's our sequence over. So you know. <laughs> I don't even like to uh, ask this, Matt. But what do you think? Well, oh, what do I think? It's just <laughs> it's. Uh, it, there, again, if you, thankfully, you gave it to me in the context you did. So I will say, watching it was fun, knowing that we were going to have the exact conversation we had. But if I were a War of the Worlds fan and went to the lengths that you probably have to go to to get this now, I'd actually 
probably be a little angry at myself. Or even worse, if it did have a cinema release, can you ma- imagine paying money oh, no. to see this in the cinema? No. No. For three hours? Absolutely not. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Oh, mm. Now, rating-wise, Matt, okay, uh, <laughs> uh, as you know on this show, it's it, it's a 1 to a 10, all right? <laughs> now, I, I think in this case, you know, normally so far, a 1 is the lowest that you can give. But I think right. in this case, we I think maybe we can lower the bar a bit. Do you need to low, lower the bar? <sighs> I, I, you know, it's how do you rate this? I mean, it's just there's nothing. You, we're rating it compared on the ratings we've done before. It's like we're talking about classic movies. We're comparing to other movies of the time, in a sense, or ones that have held up or haven't held up. This isn't a class of its own. Mm. This is very hard to rate because it is literally the class of its own. I think of of things that I've discussed with you on the show and things that I've heard on this show. But I, I think the factor here is the fact that they tried to. It was a product. It's it's again. It's not a labor of love. It's a product. So money was spent on it. So I'm going to give it. It's day in court like everything else and yeah man it's so can i hang on Matt, before you commit to a score Uh can i just remind you the lowest score we've ever had which is a one is dick jones's death in robocop right see even that seat as bad as that cgi enhancement is on that it's still it's still there's a, a more but there's a bit of a realisticness to it than this. It's not realistic by any means, but it's more than this. So, yeah, if we can go below one, what's really bad is that I even think point five is too high. <laughs> How low can you go, as they say? So I'm going to say, let's see. You know what? Uh, oh, man, I'm going to give it a point for every hour of footage there is and give it a point three. Blimey, point three. Okay. Um, well, I'm I'm going below one as well. You know, as the song say, says, you know, bass, how low can you go? Um, yeah. But I was going down to 0. 0.5. Okay, right? yeah. So, so yeah. That, that gives it a 0. 0.4, 0. 0.4. Okay. I can live with that. Well, can you, though? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like a 0. 0.5 should be for something like... Uh... Like the uh, the bad shark in Jaws 3D, you mm. know, it's like that was a feature film, but there's other stuff that in that movie that that's watchable. This is like, you look at the CGI, and I know it's a, your your show's about effects. It's just looking at the CGI, but you got all the actors that react to it. There's elements to these scenes, and there's nothing there's nothing I can say is great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, if you if you ignore it as a sequence and look at it as a film that you've seen of it so far. When you look at the sequence, when you look at the CGI, when you look at the acting, when you look at the bad editing, it's just duff, isn't it? It's yeah. just truly duff. Yep. Yes. Yeah. This, this lives up to the um, your intro. The remit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic average or duff. Yeah, we're at yep. the duff end today. All right. Okay. All right. Well. So. All right. Well. Yeah, 0.4 is what it gets, which is the lowest ever, ever awarded on this show. All right. Which is funny considering our combined fandom, it's probably one of our our greatest loves mm. story-wise in many different formats. And here we go, giving it the lowest thing it's ever been ah, given on your but series. I hadn't thought about that, but do you think that's what it is? It, it, it is because it's one of our loves that we actually react to it the way we did. If you're not a big War of the Worlds fan, maybe you, you might be more lenient with it. That's possible? But I don't <laughs> think so. Sure <laughs> I don't think so. No, dear. I'd, love, I'd love to show this, this just the sequence of the Martian attack of the Heat Ray to Dave from Swick and, and just look at his face and get that would give us our answer. What we need is some sort of like video filming of people's reactions when they see it for the first time i'd love to see people's faces when they see all this yeah. for the first time. <laughs> all right okay well that's it then that's our second look at war of the worlds on effectively speaking um but it ain't over for the rest of the year is it because we have nope. got some more war of the worlds um, um subjects coming up this year would you like to just tell us about it matt 
Yeah, well, we're doing our annual War of the Worlds week again this year, and this year it's actually going to be 10 days. It's a very liberal use of the term week, but that is because we were short three – when I say we, me, I was short quite a few days last year because of just general life taking precedence. So it's 10 days. We've got all new specials. Uh, we've got, let's see, where to start with? It's, uh, I, I don't have the order in front of me, but I can tell you the new specials we have a look at the 50th anniversary that took place for the, uh, for the radio drama back in 1988. I got a hold of some fantastic information to show how much they actually celebrated that as opposed to now the 80th anniversary, what's happening. Mm-hmm. There's an 80th anniversary special. It's, it's kind of a souped up version of my audio history i did in 2016 to celebrate the 80th anniversary there is eric specials called the narrator's walk this is where you actually walk the path of the narrator slash hg wells from the original novel citing passages and and describing what he saw as opposed to what you're seeing at the time that you're standing there recording this which was a lot of fun to listen to uh, a trip to grover's mill the site of the fictitious martian landing by me and dave from News as as well, and then that's that's I say five five of them. We got five more than that. Oh, you and I did a special best of fives. We did. I want to mention that one, and then the other ones that fill in. Like I said, I didn't put them, my notes in front of me, knowing full well you were going to ask me this, and I still wasn't prepared. <laughs> but that's how my Saturday mornings usually go. But yeah, it's it's big this year, and with all new content, and it's been a lot of fun to put together, and and really looking forward to this year's offering for War of the Worlds Week. Yeah, so am I, so am I. And anybody out there who is a War of the Worlds fan who hasn't been completely put off <laughs> by <laughs> what we've been saying today, yeah, um, as as these uh, specials come out, um, look on the Effectively Speaking uh, Facebook page and uh, I'll be putting links up to each one of them. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have a, a, a Martian month, aren't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yes, right. Yep. Yeah, well, and Halloween is the biggest... The biggest celebration that we do at News as so along with just 10 episodes focusing on War of the Worlds, I don't even know how many ep- Halloween episodes we're going to have on top of that. It's going to be a crazy year. All right. Well, I'll be putting links up as they uh, as they arrive, okay? Nice. nice. All right. Okay. Well, thank, thank you for today, Matt. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. No problem. And uh, we'll have you back soon for something else, which I'm sure will uh, garner more than a 0. 0.4, okay? I can't imagine that is possible to find anything that's going to get lower than that all right no 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 we'll go the other way uh trust me all right all right all right cheers then matt thanks a lot all right take care thanks bye-bye